Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18, as we continue through the life of Abraham. Um... Tonight, we see a continuation of the story we saw last week. Now remember, last week, um, the Lord comes and visits Abram, Abraham, and uh, He tells Abraham that, you know, He visits him in the form of three men. There's this appearance of of three men, uh, whether that's actually the Lord taking on a physical manifestation or whether he's manifesting himself in the form of of having three angels come as the angel of the Lord. Um, That is a mystery to us. We don't know exactly what happened, but I don't think it's a coincidence that there were three of them. Especially considering uh, the New Testament revelation of knowing that God is a trinity of persons. That there's Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament, we don't have the, the full doctrine of the trinity spelled out. Uh, nor do we even have the word trinity in the New Testament. But I think what we see there in this passage that we looked at last week is that these three men represent the fact that there is some kind of plurality within the Godhead, that God is both one and God is three. We see references where it says that the men were saying something, and then we see also references where it says the Lord said something. Uh, and so I think we're, we're not to distinguish between those three men. And so after God uh, uh, reveals himself to Abraham that way, uh, reveals himself that he's going to keep his promise after 25 years of waiting... And Abraham is told, this time next year, you're going to have a son. And Sarah laughs, just like Abraham had laughed the chapter before. After 25 years of waiting, God revealed himself. And now, as it's time for for God to to move on from this physical manifestation, um, this is where we pick it up. Uh, God is still there visiting with Abraham And he's about to reveal something beyond just um, the fact that he's going to give Abraham a son, but he's actually revealing that he's about to come in just judgment upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse 16 of chapter 18. Then the men set out from there, And they looked down toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, 
and their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Who am I but dust and ashes? Suppose five of the fifty are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again, he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I've undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he answered, For the sake of twenty I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again, but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in your word. And Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father, that we would heed the warning that you are a just judge. And Lord, that your judgment is coming upon sinners. May we flee to Christ as the refuge for our souls and may we announce the judgment that is coming that people that other people may know and they might flee to you as well and they might find salvation in Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Father, I pray that you would give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, it says that the men stood out from the, set out from there and they looked toward Sodom. So there's the three men that had appeared to uh, Abraham. Uh, this, this is being spoken of as the Lord. The men set out from there and they looked down toward Sodom and Abraham went with them on the, um, to set them out on the way. So Abraham is going along with them to, to set them off, to, to wish them a good journey. And then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? 
Again, there's not any real distinction made between the men and the Lord. It's not saying one of the men said. It's just saying the Lord said. Uh, so here I think we see again that there's, there's some evidence that it's not really distinguishing between the Lord and these three men. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Now here, uh, you might ask yourself, why is God having this internal deliberation? Why, why is he saying, shall I hide from Abraham? This is for our benefit. This is not that God was actually wondering, well, should I or should I not? Okay, God, He knows all things. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. And, and, and God does not need to ask Himself the question, gee, should I do that or not? Right? But he, this is written for our benefit so that we can uh, get, a, get a glimpse of, of the character of God. So, He says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall shall surely be a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. What is the purpose here that the text is telling us is the reason why um, God would want to reveal this to Abraham. Why is it that God would want to reveal his plan to judge Abraham? Sodom and Gomorrah to Abraham. It's because, here it says in the text, Abraham shall be a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. It's the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing that's going to flow to all the nations of the earth because of Abraham. This reminds us back in chapter 12. In chapter 12, uh, when we begin the Abraham story, uh, God meets with Abraham and he tells him, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless your seed and, I'm, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed in you. Um, and, and here we have a reminder of that same thing, that, that all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed in him. And we know from the New Testament perspective that God's blessing to all the nations of the earth because of Abraham is because Abraham was the one that was chosen who would be the the carrier of that messianic seed. That through Abraham's line and through his descendants, Jesus was going to come. It's because of this that God is revealing what he's about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's not only for Abraham's benefit, but it is for our benefit. It is for our benefit. God is work. He was working in the Old Testament among a people. He is working among the Jewish people to bring about the Messiah who was going to come in the fullness of time. He was working through these people, revealing himself, not just to Abraham in that moment, but revealing himself through the prophets and through the writings of Moses so that we would be able to understand God's character. We have this story, we have this warning that God gives to Abraham so that we can know that God is just and that God is also merciful. Verse 19. For I have chosen him that he might... God is still talking here about about Abraham. For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has 
promised him. Again, whenever it says, I have chosen him, literally the word there is, I have known him. I have known him. Um, there is a, a kind of an intimate knowing of, of between God and Abraham. That God, it, God, it, and it's just not being acquainted with someone like you might, you might know about somebody, but they're friends. They're friends. God, and, God considers Abraham a friend. In Second um, Chronicles, um, there's a prayer in which Jehovah, Jehoshaphat um, indicates that Abraham was called God's friend. And in James, uh, in James chapter 2, uh, Mike and I have been going through the book of James, and we just, we're going to come to that probably this week, uh, where um, James tells us that, that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. So when it tells us, I have chosen you, uh, I have chosen, um, I have chosen him, He's known him. He's intimately acquainted with him. He is friends with Abraham. And he has a purpose for this relationship that he has with Abraham. He's chosen him. He's known Abraham so that, here's his purpose, that he might command his children. This is part of the, the covenant that we saw a couple of chapters ago with the covenant of cir- circumcision. That he might command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. He has preserved a people for himself. This is God's chosen people. He's, he's setting Abraham's people aside so that they would keep the Lord, the, the ways of the Lord, that they would do righteousness, that they would do justice. And, and look at the next line. That they would righteousness and justice, and they would that the Lord may bring to Abraham what He has promised him. This is a long-term vision. He's revealing what He's about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah because God has chosen him. He's known him that because He's He's working among His family. He's He's uh, working among His children and His children's children to that they would be a people who would do righteousness and justice, and that He would work in Abraham's family what He's going to do to to fulfill His promise to Abraham ultimately in bringing Jesus. We know these things, and God worked here and revealed Himself to Abraham. Because that was a part of what it took for God to keep His promise in sending Jesus. Does that all fit together okay? Alright. Now, verse 20. Then the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. If not, and if not, I will know. Now, a couple of things here. Here we now have God speaking to Abraham. And here God is telling Abraham, there, there, there is great wickedness and sin going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's telling him, I'm going to go there myself. And I'm going to see this wickedness. And, and I'm going to do justice. I'm going to bring righteousness upon Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to destroy it. He's going to wipe out the sin that is there. Um, 
couple of things here. One, God doesn't have to go down and see. He is, again, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows all things. He's omniscient. And, and he, he, he does not have to come down physically in a bodily form in order to take this. But again, we have these things written for our instructions so that we can understand God's character. And, and he comes down in this way specifically to rescue Lot. This is how he's worked to rescue Lot out of this. We see that in the next chapter. So he's telling Abraham, I'm going to go to Sodom, and whenever I see the wickedness there in the city, I'm going to decide, although he already knows in the secret counsel of his will, he's going to decide whether he is going to destroy them, whether they deserve to be destroyed. Now it picks up, verse 22. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood before the presence of the Lord. Okay. Again, this points out God's omnipresence. The, the two men, they went towards Sodom, but Abraham was still standing there before the Lord. Right? God's omnipresence. He could be in multiple places at one time. Um, so as he stands before the Lord, then Abraham drew near. He draws near to God and he says, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? And here we see Abraham starting to plead for the, for the city of Sodom and, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you sweep away that place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in there? He's, he's bargaining God down, isn't he? We, we see this. For 50? Oh, how about 45? Would, 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 you, would you save them? Would you... Re- be merciful for the sake of 45 righteous? How about, how about 40? 30? 20? 10? Bargaining, bargaining on his way down. And God each time says, no, I, I won't destroy them. I won't destroy them for the sake of those righteous people. But let's look here at what some of the things that Abraham says about God in, in this whole dialogue. We, I think a lot of times we hear the dialogue, but let's, let's, uh, let's look and see what Abraham says about God. He says, Abraham drew near and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? This is something about God's character. God is somebody who is going to do justice. He's not going, implied in Abraham's question, he's not going to do that. He is not going to sweep away the righteous with the wicked. In, in the book of first, uh, Second Peter and in Jude as well, it tells us God knows how to save the righteous out of the destruction that he's coming upon the wicked. He, he does the same thing with, um, with uh, uh, Noah. Whenever he sends, uh, t- tells Noah to build the ark, he does the same thing here uh, with, with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and saving Lot out of this. Uh, God is a God who does justice and He's not going to carry out a punishment on the righteous. This is the logic we're following here. Now, there's more to it than that. It is more complicated than that. Then, Abraham says, Far be it from you to do such a thing. 
to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Abraham here is recognizing who God is. He is the judge of all the earth. He knows Abraham knows that God is the God who made all of the earth. In order to be the judge of all the earth, God had to be the creator of all the earth. He is the judge of all the earth. He, all of us will stand before the judgment seat one day. All of us will give an account for, to God for the things that we have done and said. Every single person, whether good or evil, we will stand before God's judgment. God will judge us one day. You know, and sometimes people, you might see it on Facebook as a meme, or you might hear somebody just casually say, Oh, you can't judge me. Only God can be my judge. That should be really frightening. <laughs> when God judges, look at stories like Sodom and Gomorrah. To say, oh, you can't judge me. Only God can be my judge. It's greater, it's more terrifying to know that God is our judge than somebody else. Again, in the midst of all this bargaining get down that, that uh, Abraham does of you know, 50, 45, 40, 30. He says, verse 27, he says, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I am but dust and ashes. Abraham recognizes who he is. He's just a speck. <laughs> God is... All, I mean, he is, he is sovereign. He, is, he has made the whole earth. He, he keeps the stars spinning. It. I keep saying that. He keeps the stars in their place and the planets spinning on their orbits. I mean, God is so big and we are just tiny little dust. And yet he cares for us. We are but dust. And Abraham saying, don't be angry with me. <laughs> I, I, I want to raise an objection. This is what Abraham is saying. Uh, you, won't, you won't sweep away the righteous with the wicked. Because Abraham doesn't understand completely here. Again, verse 30, he says, he says almost the same thing. Oh, let the Lord not be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. God doesn't get angry with Abraham for his questioning. He doesn't get Abraham. Abraham isn't doubting in a sinful way. He's, he's, he's pleading with God. Oh, would you be merciful? And God keeps answering, I won't do it for the sake of 30, for 20, for 10. We finally come down to the last verse. And it says, And the Lord went His way when He had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. The Lord went on down to Sodom and Gomorrah to see and to carry out what He had told Abraham He was going to do. And Abraham returned to his place. What's significant there? The conversation was over and Abraham trusted God that God would do what was right. God would do what was right. Abraham trusted that whatever happened, God was going to do what was right. And he returned to his place. Now, we know more of the story, don't we? 
We know what happens in the next chapter. The Lord goes down to Sodom and Gomorrah and he doesn't find 50. He doesn't find 45 righteous people. He doesn't find 40. He doesn't find 30. He doesn't find 20. He doesn't find 10. And we might be tempted to say, well, maybe he found four, right? You've got Lot, his wife, and you've got his two daughters. Okay? And he rescues them out from the destruction. But then on the way out, you've got Lot's wife. She doubts and she looks back because she thinks it'd be better back there. She turns into a pillar of salt. So maybe three. And then later on in next week, which I'll fully try to look into next week, You've got gross immorality there between Lot and his daughters. You have, when you look at what Lot does in the next chapter, you think there is no way this guy is righteous. No way. And yet, first, I'm sorry, Second Peter calls righteous, uh, calls Lot righteous twice. You think, how can this be? How can this be that that? With what Lot does, you'll have to come next week to find out. With what Lot does that is so sinful and so wicked, how in the world could he be later in the New Testament called righteous? How was why did God try to why did God try to rescue Lot out from him in the midst of this? He was not righteous. I think we're left to understand. That if Abraham would have come back with, Lord, if there's just one, if there's just one righteous person, would you destroy this? Would you, would you spare the city for the sake of that one? And I think the Lord would have said yes. But there was none. There is none righteous. There's no, no righteous, no, not one. Uh, Romans chapter 3 says, uh, it, 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 he, he quotes the Psalms and says, there's none righteous, no, not one. In the Psalms, it says it in two places, in chapter 53, and I believe it is in, uh, in uh, I don't remember, I think it's 14. He says, there's no righteous, no, no not one. They've all gone their own way. They've all done, no, one has, no one's done good, no one seeks for God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So God comes down and we see in the next chapter He destroys the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. The New Testament, when it talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, it tells us these things are there as an example for us to know that God, when He says He's going to judge, He does it. It's there for a pattern for us to know that God's judgment is coming and it is certain and it will happen. And we know that not only was His judgment coming upon the earth when in the days of Noah, God told Noah to build an ark, not only was God's judgment coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah, but God's judgment is coming now. 
God's judgment will one day come when, while Jesus, we, we, we worship Him and we, we think about Him, about His life and ministry, about how He came and He lived a life. Uh, he, lived, he was born as a baby. He, he, he lived and he, he healed. He did miracles. He taught and all of those things. But the Bible also teaches that when He comes again, Jesus is coming again. And when He comes again, He is going to come like a king on a white horse with eyes like Fire, fire with with uh, flaming uh, um, with with a sword that is sharp uh, coming out of his mouth, and he is going to put down all of his enemies. All of his enemies will be under his feet, and he will reign in righteousness forever. You know, I I, uh, I posted on Facebook. This just came to me right now, but I posted on Facebook this week. I believe in a utopia, right? Now. When we talk about a utopia, we think communism, right? That's what we think of. It, it, that, that is man's attempt to bring about a utopia. All of those are doomed to fail in things like gulags, in things like concentration camps. Any of man's attempts, because the problem is there's going to be some dissenters who don't like the way things are. And so we, what you've got to do, you've got to get rid of them. But Jesus is one day going to come... And he will do right. He will finally... Right now we live in a time where his arms are open and you can come to him. He says, all who come to me will will have rest. All who come to me... You look to Jesus and you can be saved. You look to him. You trust in him. And and the offer is open to all who would believe. But one day there's coming a time when the offer is over. One day there is coming a time when it will be too late and He will come in glory and power and there will no longer be any patience with God. The judgment will come. So, that leaves us with two things. One, we are warned about these things. We are warned about the certain judgment of God so that it would give us time to repent. He he warns he writes he he reveals these things to us so that we would know we can repent we can trust in Jesus we can throw ourselves on him Lot wasn't righteous You know what next chapter tells us Lot was spared because of his because of God's promise to Abraham That's what it tells us in the next chapter. Lot was spared because of God's promise to to Abraham. And you know what? We can be spared because of God's promise that all those who believe in Him can be saved. We can be forgiven. We can have a new birth. We can be washed clean from our sins and forgiven. We just lay our arms down, stop fighting, stop rebelling, and trust in Him. The other thing that this ought to teach us, when Abraham, God's friend, became aware of God's revelation of his judgment, what did he do? He pled for God's mercy, didn't he? He pled for God's mercy on a wicked city. When we know as believers 
about the certain judgment to come, that ought to have get, cause us to have the same response that Abraham had. We ought to be on our knees pleading for the salvation of lost. We ought to plead that God would save people. There are people who are lost and dying in the midst of this community, in this county, who are apart from Christ and have no hope without Him. We must, upon the revelation of God about His his judgment, we must take the message to them. We must pray that God would work in their hearts and that He would have mercy on them. God is just. And He is merciful. He will have mercy, not because there are any of us that are righteous, but because there is one righteous. It's not any of us. It's not anybody who lives in this city. But it's Jesus. He was the righteous one who took our punishment for us. Abraham said, Will not the God of the, of the judge of the earth do right? He, he won't sweep away the righteous with the wicked, and yet, look at what happened. Jesus was the righteous one. He was perfect. He never sinned. And instead of sweeping away the righteous with the wicked, He swept away the righteous one for the wicked. And the offer is open. If we would just look to Him, trust in Him, throw ourselves on His mercy, who alone can save us from the wrath to come. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.